Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching and we're here to talk about keeping it together when parenting your highly sensitive child, Um, how to manage yourself before you hit the fan. So I really wanted to talk about this today because I found a a pretty big theme when I speak with parents and whether or not they they are able to manage themselves with their child's meltdowns. And, And one thing that I notice a lot is that parents of highly sensitive kids can really struggle with this worry about whether or not they're focusing on the right thing in the moment, um, you know, finding ways to keep it together so that they can teach their child how to how to manage their emotions. And, you know, when we think about the intensity of, of parenting a highly sensitive kid without the right or effective strategies and, and system, it can really feel like you're riding a roller coaster and, and you're, you're riding through the day just waiting for bedtime or dreading bedtime. You know, it could be it just depends on the kid whether or not bedtime is a a huge problem for you or transitions in general are a huge problem for your child. But either way, parents, parenting a highly sensitive kid can lead you to be very, very exhausted and, and just feeling fried. And, you know, the, the challenge I, I see with this with parents is, is that they feel like they're just holding on and, and holding it all in. And, and this can really uh, be quite detrimental to the parent-child relationship. And I wanted to spend some time talking about this because I think it's a pretty big thing that parents overlook. And a lot of the time when I speak to parents, they're really focused on where their child is missing the mark. You know, not necessarily in a way of like assessing what's ineffective um, for their child, but 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 how to help their child. You know, parents are asking, how do I help my child change the um, change how they express emotions? How do I help my child communicate more effectively? How do I help my child behave more appropriately, not hurt siblings, um, you know, behave effectively at school or ask for help at school? And, you know, one thing that I really implore you to take a look at is how you're communicating your own emotions with your child, especially when your child's about to have a meltdown or when your child's been having a really hard day. And the the biggest things that I notice kind of kind of can capture those for you in a couple of, of pretty key critical mistakes that I notice parents making when we're thinking about managing meltdowns and how to get out ahead of them and how to prevent them in the first place. So I wanted to talk about that today. What are the critical mistakes that you're making, you know, as a parent of a highly sensitive child? Um, and and the the reason that I think it's really important to pay attention to this is that 
when you're parenting a highly sensitive child, it can be really difficult to see outside of yourself and to take a look introspectively of what what it is that, that you're struggling with as a parent and how to move through that in order to teach your child. And, and one critical mistake is, is that parents think that, you know, my kid's not going to notice or can't tell when I'm upset or or can't tell that I'm trying to push through and, you know, grin and bear it. We as you know, when, par- when parents of highly sensitive kids get into this, this survival mode, it, it can become numbing. Um, you know, parents tell me all the time that they are, are close to or if not numb to the fact that their child is having meltdowns on a daily basis or multiple times a day. You know, it's, it's a matter of fact, this has to happen or it's going to happen. Just waiting with bated breath or, or, you know, holding their breath of when it's going to happen. It's not a matter of when, I mean, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when you get to that point, you really start, stop thinking about the fact that your child notices whether or not you're upset or whether or not you're stressed or whether or not you're angry. Because for you in that moment, it's about survival. And so you're railroading your own emotions in that point and you're railroading your own perspective that, you know, I can, I can hold this together. You know, I'm the adult. I can keep it together. I can manage it. But the critical mistake you're making at this point is that your child does notice. You know, when you think about the fact that your kid might not notice, that's not a, that's, that's not an effect perspective. And when we think about this, the, the, the next challenge is when parents can kind of talk themselves into, or, or I hear spouses not being on the same page, is that their kid will persevere, that their highly sensitive child will um, move through that, even though mommy or daddy is angry, or, you know, parents are angry, um, um, that, you know, my kid will be able to keep it together if I'm upset. And being a highly sensitive child, your child is not going to be able to feed off of your emotion and then move through their own emotion as well. So it is critical for you to manage yourself and, and to not roll through that tension and, and, and that intensity of your emotion and, and to really take a very clear look at, at what it is that you're dealing with on a daily basis and how you can manage your own emotions more effectively. Um, so, you know, the next critical mistake that I notice is that parents feel like their moods are separate from their child's. Now, this is kind of a tongue twister, and I want to take some time to break this down for you. But a lot of the time, you know, parents of, of, of highly sensitive kids can can really feel like, well, you know, I'm my own parent, I'm my own human, I'm my own person, and I feel my own feelings. And my highly sensitive child feels their own feelings, too. And, you know, they're separate from mine. And when when parents are are dealing with increased meltdowns and you know meltdowns are having are happening daily daily um that's actually a a, a function or a, a symptom of dysfunction in the family and it really what it really means is that your emotions are enmeshed with your child's so this is what i you know when parents come to me and they say we had a hard day or we had really big feelings today when they are describing their own child's um, meltdowns, or when I ask them about their child, they say, sometimes we have big feelings. That is a very clear indicator to me that the parent and the child are feeling the same feelings at the same time, or identifying so closely that they are, it is hard for them to separate. And so if you are making that mistake, if that is a, a linguistic or a language tendency that you have, that is a very clear indicator that you as a parent are not separating yourself from your child's emotions. And as a result, your child feels that they cannot separate themselves from your emotions. And so when we think about child development, you know, raising a child from infancy 
through through adulthood. It is very, very important for the for the child as infant and young child to feel like they can separate from the parent and come back. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is a natural phase in the development and it is constantly tested. I can walk away and I can come back. I can walk away and I can come back. And we see this as children grow up, you know, even as infants, when our kids were toddling or, or crawling, they turn to look at us and they see, you know, oh, is mommy still watching? And if not, that, and if so, then I can keep on crawling. But if mommy's not still watching, I don't know if I'm safe enough. And so therefore, I don't really know if I can go any further because my mommy is supposed to be keeping me safe. And so if my mommy feels the same fear that I feel as a, you know, toddling six to to 12 month old, then depending on (laughs) who was born first, um, then I don't know that I'm secure in making any changes or I'm, I don't know that I'm secure in, in growing any further from here. And so when parents of highly sensitive kids ride the roller coaster of emotions with their child and, and go through that intensity and feel exhausted at the end of the day and feel incapable of changing out of the cycle, your moods are not separate from your child's. And so that is a critical mistake that you're making if you feel like you can hold it together, but your kid can't. But your feelings and the emotions rolling through the day are are just that, a roller coaster. So I have to get very pointed with this because it kind of wraps back into this myth that being highly sensitive means meltdowns. You know, and it's a thing that I've talked about more um, in depth in, a, in another training. But it, it really fires me up when parents bring that back because it is not the truth. Your child is emotionally flooded when they are having a meltdown. It is not developmentally appropriate beyond age four for meltdowns to happen, regardless of whether or not your child is 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 highly sensitive. And so if you are melting down too, then this is a critical mistake you're making to, to think that 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 you can separate your own emotions from your child if if they are, you know, if, if you're riding the wave with your child. And so I really wanted to give you guys the support to to recognize what it is that you need to do differently, because this is this is huge. You know, I, I, a thing that I, I hear a lot from parents, if you know, a lot of the time and, you know, I don't want, want to be um, gender exclusive here, but I, I speak to a lot of moms on the phone and then there's, you know, a lot of dads who just don't get it. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to speak to my experience. But please know that if you're a same sex couple or six, you know, I, um, I, I'm not trying to be heteronormative here. I'm just speaking from from the experience in terms of the parents who get on the phone with me. Um, a lot of the time, one parent in the parent parenting relationship is holding in that tension and not sharing the intensity of the of the the difficulty that you're experiencing with your spouse or your co-parent your partner in, in parenting and and when this happens it really inhibits your child from creating that ability to manage his or her own, own emotions because when both parents and you know if we think about both parents being the rock of the family if they're not on the same page or they don't know that one parent is flaring up way more intensely and and a lot more consistently than they perceive then that is a that is a, a a really big problem in the parenting relationship and in the child's ability to manage his or her own emotions. And so when we think about that, it's really important to pay attention to how frequently you're communicating with your spouse and you know and, and or co-parent. You know what I want to talk about this is that 
when when you hold it all in, when you when you act as the warrior parent, when you are are trying to to roll steamroll your own emotions in order to be that rock, in order to be that bedrock of the family, and you're not sharing how difficult it is with with your partner in in this experience, then your partner feels like everything's cool, <laughs> everything's working fine, or you know, or or maybe it just has different perspectives. So we really have to you know, in terms of the you know the 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 fourth critical mistake is is really not communicating effectively with your with your teammate as a as a family because when we think about that and and this is a you know of course a no judgment zone this is not this is not a sense of of um you know telling your you you're doing something wrong to to shame you or what have you a lot of the time i speak to parents where it it's two ships passing in the night you know you guys are both fried you're tag teaming you know you're not on the same page because you can't actually be in the same room you know and by the time you get to the end of the night you're you're exhausted you're passing out on the couch i mean this is a this is huge and it's really important to recognize that this is not how parenting a highly sensitive child needs to be so I really wanted to call um, pretty big attention to that in order to help you understand why this strategy is so important and why honing it can be really effective in changing the dynamic of your household. And so when we think about that, the next thing to, to notice is is to to pay attention to this four-step strategy. You really want to be able to pay attention to how to move out of this of this feeling like you are just a riding along that roller coaster you know you're in the car with your kid or or you know maybe even sometimes you're the one driving because you're upset you know and and that you realize that that caused the meltdown um you know and, and I wanted to to give you the opportunity to to take a minute and recognize that you have control in that moment even if your child has no control over his or her own emotions and when we recognize that when you pay attention to your own emotions that's step 1 is is that it's really important for you to notice that when you're carrying that intense feeling in your body or or that um that intense emotion and 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 not acknowledging it you're rolling over it and your child kind of like takes that in you know we think about recognizing parents of a highly sensitive child know that highly sensitive children feed off the energy in the household research shows that the parenting environment when it is consistently negative or consistently conflictual or consistently overwhelming or just more overwhelming than happy, highly sensitive children start to think negatively about themselves, start to notice what's not working in the family, start to be focused on what's not working for themselves, start to only report to parents about the one tiny thing that went poorly and not all the 700 amazing things that went well in terms of how the school is going for them, even if things go well for them at school. It's just constant and the research supports what I hear from parents over and over and over again and what kids in my private practice say the same thing, that when without teaching parents how to manage their emotions, you know, step one. The next thing is step two is to notice your body language. Because if you don't know how you're communicating that emotion through your face, especially through your face, then you're not going to be able to teach your child how to do the same. You're not going to be able to advocate for your child to do the same or to notice that and to teach them after the fact. And, and, and without that skill, you won't be able to help your child feel supported in the moment because when you're given side eye or you're taking deep breaths or you're you know holding it all in and the and your shoulders are raised and your highly sensitive child notice that I mean come on it's pretty obvious 
but you know, cause I'm exaggerating, but your highly sensitive child is picking up on those subtleties. So you really need to pay attention to that and not railroad it. And then the next thing, you know, step three is to really decrease the emotional result in your body. You have that option. You have that choice to not allow that emotion to dictate your behavior. And so obviously this is really hard to do, but when you dial it in, when you can recognize that, then it is absolutely critical at helping your child manage their own emotions. You know, it, 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 it leads, it, you know, it's, it's the very first step. It, it leads to teaching parents how to validate because if you can't identify your own emotions, if you can't decrease the intensity you feel in your body, if, if you can't decrease the, the, the intensity of that negative emotion, then there's no way to snap out of it. And there's no way to help your child snap out of it either. And I'm not trying to say suck it up. That's the exact opposite of what I teach. And you guys should know that at this point. But what I'm getting at here is is teaching you to recognize that you do not have to choose to suffer in those moments. And that's the the fourth perspective is to choose to change your perspective in that in that moment that the four steps in terms of of changing how things are going, you can absolutely change your perspective in terms of what you're viewing your child's emotional expression to be, you know, choosing not to to allow yourself to believe that they're manipulating you or choosing not to allow yourself to to perceive yourself your child as as giving you a hard time. It's it's very, very hard to get out of that pattern and when you dial it in and you stay consistent and and you you hold in that grit or you get support to help you do it then it can be a game changer you know and when I say can like it is a game changer I don't even know why I said can because when we know as parents that we can we can choose our own emotions we can allow our initial emotional reaction to come and then choose something different thereafter, then the whole world opens up in terms of how you can change your relationship with your child. Because the very thing that you're trying to teach your kid is going to be impossible if you can't get this dialed in for yourself. So I wanted to give you guys that opportunity to reach out for support and to communicate with me what it is that you're struggling with and to 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 manage that more effectively with, with your family. And so you have that opportunity to speak with me and, and, and schedule a call and get on the phone and we'll talk about what it is that you're struggling with, where you want to be and whether or not I could help you. And if that's the case, then of course I'll tell you how, but if it's not and there's something more effective, then I'll show you in that respect as well. You know, so it's, it's really important to pay attention to recognizing that, that this is, while it's not easy. It is simple. There is a four step strategy to dialing this in. And I just reviewed it with you, but it really requires a heck of a lot of work and determination. And so, you know, this kind of result is, is not for everybody. You know, there are some families I get on the phone with who are just interested in hearing about life, how life could be, but they're really not that committed. And so I have to implore you to recognize, you know, what is it that you want for your family? What life did you want when you pictured having kids. And if this is not the life that you're creating, then you need to take a really clear look at at what you can be doing differently, even if that means getting support or or changing how you see your child's emotions and and changing your perspective of of your child's behavior in order to reach a different result. Because, you know, we, we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if it feels like you're just consistently 
trying the same old things or using the same old methods to find new things to try, then it's probably time to seek support. So guys, I hope that this was supportive and and helpful for you and and gave you some some help in in identifying what it is and what it takes to to change the dynamic in your household. And I'd love to be able to support you in any way that I can, that you get that opportunity to to speak with me if you feel like it's time. All right, guys, have a good night and I will um, talk to you again. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.